Let's join together in prayer. God, we thank you for the call of the gospel that's come on our hearts and that by the power of your Spirit, you have called us such as we are, such as we've been. You've called us to be your people. Thank you for that. Keep each one of us gathered together today, safe in the Christian faith, until that day that we do give way to uh, robes of righteousness with you in glory through the blood of Jesus. In the meantime, we pray that you would guide us to live lives of purpose, lives of meaning, especially as we would connect your gospel with those who are closest to us, that all our loved ones would be included in, in the number of the redeemed. Guide us in that. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Jesus warned us about this uh, when he was teaching about the kingdom. He said that this is indeed how it would be in his kingdom. He said it was on the week that he was betrayed. He said to other religious leaders around him, he said, tax collectors and prostitutes will be in the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. He said that the kingdom of God is for people like tax collectors and prostitutes. Prostitutes, of course, are women who sell their love for money. Jesus said that's what the kingdom of God is like. And we see that indeed in our passage from the Old Testament today as we consider Rahab the prostitute. For all eternity, you know, for all, or at least for time, uh, it's always Rahab the prostitute. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, that's how she's referred to. And yet today what we want to see is not only that she is included in the kingdom of God by his grace, but she also gives us a great example of how we live out lives of purpose in our own lives. Our Old Testament lesson had to do with the time after the Exodus. Uh, Rahab was protecting some spies. Moses had led the people of Israel through the wilderness. Moses died. It's now for Joshua to take the people of Israel into the promised land. He's going to part the Jordan River, or God's going to part the Jordan River. And then they're going to go in and root out the other people that they would take possession of, uh, of the promised land. And the first town that they're going to go into is, is Jericho. And before the people of Israel went into Jericho, Joshua sent two spies. And the spies met up with a lady by the name of Rahab, a prostitute. And, and the king of Jericho found out, king, probably more like a mayor, you know, these aren't big uh, nations, but like a mayor, or the, the leader, found out that these men were there, and he sent some to question Rahab about the, the spies who had been in her place. And here's what she says. She says, true, and then she lies. Isn't that about right a lot of times when people say, now let me tell you the truth, and then you wonder if what they say next is the truth. But she says, true, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, and you'll overtake them. Now this is not what the sermon is about, but I want to make this point. It's never right to lie. Uh, Rahab the prostitute lied. I want you to see that lying isn't justified just because it works. 
There are a number of times in the Bible that people lie and it seems to work out, but that's never an excuse for you or me to tell a lie. Lying is never right. Jesus was quite clear. He said uh, uh, that, that Satan is the father of all lies. Scripture itself would tell us that it's never right to lie. This is from Romans chapter 3. It says, someone might argue, yeah, but if it helps. You know, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases His glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? And then Paul said, well, why not say, as some slanderously claim, that we say, let us do evil that good may result, their condemnation is just. Even though it seems to work out for Rahab, Lying is never to be part of how Christians live and how Christians speak. But back to Rahab. Uh, she lied about it, but then she, she speaks to the spies after uh, the, the men from the king went away. She speaks to the spies who are hidden upstairs, and she gives what is really a confession of faith. Look at this. This is chapter 2, verse 9. She says, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Shihon and Og and the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you for the Lord. Because Yahweh your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. We would say Rahab had come to faith in God. She had heard the words, she had heard the wonders, she had heard how God saved people, and from a New Testament standpoint, we'd say the Holy Spirit through the Word worked faith in her, and Rahab has this confession of faith, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. And so she pleaded with the men to save her and to rescue her and those who were with her. And they, they made this pledge. This is from verse 14. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord, when Yahweh gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. They promised that when the walls come a-tumbling down, that she and those that are in her house will be safe. But they gave her a sign. From verse 17, it says, This oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. Get the picture? Rahab the prostitute uh, protected these men, and they promise now to protect her. And they say, when, when we come back and the destruction comes, make sure you're in the house, have that scarlet cord on, and we will rescue you and save you. Well, you go out a few chapters. This is from Joshua chapter 6, and God, God told them how they would take the city. It says, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. He said, Do this for six days. What they were supposed to do is march around the city. That's it. March around the city once every day for six days. You know about this. And then on the seventh day, they were to march around it seven times and blow their horns and the walls would come tumbling down. And so God gave to the people of Israel victory over Jericho. But he also fulfilled the promise to Rahab. This is from uh, chapter 6, verse 22. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out. 
And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to tax collectors and prostitutes. Rahab, with her checkered past, is saved according to God's promise and becomes part of God's people. As we think about this uh, account of Rahab, I want to think about how God had a call on her life and how that impacts our life. Think about Rahab's purpose. Now, this is a somewhat minor character in the Old Testament, and yet she, she casts a long shadow. Uh, one of the things that you see about Rahab's purpose is that it wasn't spoiled by her past. She was a prostitute in the past. But she gets rescued from that. She, she isn't disqualified because of that. Think about, think about your past. <laughs> what is there in your past that you're ashamed of, that you're embarrassed about, that you wish had never been there? That doesn't disqualify you for the kingdom. God comes to us and forgives us and cleanses us. This this should be a very encouraging sort of idea for us that our past does not disqualify us from the kingdom of God. We see her life as a source of safety for God's people. She she played this part, really, in salvation history. It seemed in in kind of just where she lived, but God worked through her. The men were saved, the city was taken, and God's plan continues to unfold. That's part of God's call and plan on on our lives. It may seem like we have an insignificant or small or unimportant part in the kingdom, but God is at work through us, ordinary people, in our ordinary ways, to build His kingdom and uh, to reach out into the world. There's also something very interesting about Rahab. It looks like she was the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. She was part of the genealogy of Jesus. You know, think about uh, Jesus, the Son of God, this Holy One, but uh, think about all of the relatives, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and David, And Rahab, all with checkered paths, sinners all. Here's what it says. This is from Matthew chapter 1, where we have the genealogy of of Jesus. Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David. David, uh, uh, the scholars say that Salmon was probably one of the two spies that had gone in and that he married Rahab. And she becomes, you know, by God's grace, part of the genealogy of Jesus. More than that, and at least for us, Rahab is an example of faith. Uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, we hear about faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It says that's what the ancients were commended for, that that's what it is to be part of the people of God, to have faith, to believe promises of God, even if you don't see how it's working out, that you believe the promise of forgiveness and life forever. It's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And it identifies Rahab as one of the, the heroes of the faith. It says... Uh, It says, by faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Part of her purpose in life is to be an example of faith to you and me. And also an example of faithfulness. Uh, In James, James always likes to talk about works. 
Indeed, uh, uh, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone. It's not by works, by faith alone. But James makes the point, faith is never alone. Faith always gives way to faithfulness. And in James, we see this. This is James chapter 2. It says, Now then, please swear... uh, it was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. What I want you to see today is that Rahab, the prostitute, part of the kingdom of God, gives us an example of what it looks like to have purpose and meaning and for God's plan to be at work in our life. But there's a main point to this that I want you to see. Rahab made sure that the family was in. This is from Joshua chapter 2. She said, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord, by Yahweh, that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. It's really quite remarkable. She was concerned and cared about her family. And and think about how difficult that must have been. What kind of division, what kind of fracture had there been in that family? She was a prostitute. Nobody wants to grow up to be a prostitute. No father or mother would want their daughter to be a prostitute. What kind of division, what kind of embarrassment What kind of separation must there have been? Had the brothers and sisters disowned her? Rahab put all of that aside, overcame all of that, and said, you got to come. you got to be. And so she gathered all of her family and friends into the house that they might be safe when the day of destruction came. We're thinking about your call. Not just her call, but your call. And I want you to think about your call to share the call with those who are closest to you. We've been looking over the last few weeks about God's call and God's purpose, His plan for our life, and that His plan for our life is that we spend it with Him every minute, every hour that we spend it with Him. Uh, Part of His plan for our life is for for it to just kind of come out of the various vocations that He's given to us, our regular everyday life. We saw a couple of weeks ago about being our brother's keeper uh, with the prophet Jonah as he was reaching out to the Ninevites. They were foreigners. They were far away. But that's part of our call to reach those far away. In Rahab, we see God's call for you and me to reach those closest. Our moms and dads, our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles, our cousins, our children, our grandchildren. I want you to think about your call to share the call of Jesus Christ with those who are closest to you. We need them in the house. We need them in the church. Because there is a day when the walls are going to come tumbling down. (laughs) Destruction is going to come upon the face of the earth. And only those who are huddled together in, in the church in Jesus Christ will be saved. Not because of a red cord on the side, but because of the red blood of Jesus that's poured out for you and me and us and ours. I want you to think this week about reaching those closest to you. Who's not here from your family? Who needs to hear and needs to believe? Here's what happened. 
In chapter 6 it says, So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. There are a lot of different family and friend plans out there. Uh, is it Verizon? Do they have a family and friends plan? Comcast might. Uh, a lot of credit card companies have a family and friends plan. You know, you're in, get others in. A lot of marketing systems are kind of family and friends. They get you and then you're supposed to go get family and friends. That is how the kingdom works. The first thing Andrew did is he went and got Peter. The jailer at Philippi, what did he do? He went and got his family. What did Rahab do? She went and got those closest to her, brought them inside the house that they might be saved on the day of destruction. May God guide us. May God guide you and me to reach out to those who are closest, that we would all be prepared for that day when we are adorned not in blue family reunion shirts, <laughs> but in robes of righteousness forever. Amen.